0: Hey everyone, this week we're giving away a six-month subscription to leadquizzes.com valued at $300. Leadquizzes helps you create interactive lead generation quizzes to help you grow your email list. This is the same software I use to generate over 20,000 leads for my business in 2017. For a chance to win, subscribe to the podcast, then take a snapshot or picture showing you're subscribed and text it to 716-218-8981. Or email it to growth at yahoo.com. Now let's get back to the show. Hey, welcome back everybody, and today we have yet another amazing guest. Her name is Jessica Rhodes. Jessica is one of the founders of Interview Connections, which is a leading guest booking agency for podcasters and guest experts. She scaled the business quickly to high multiple six figures with nearly no direct marketing or advertising. And we'll break through the seven-figure mark in 2018. Jessica and her in-house team of booking agents are the podcast powerhouse behind many of the record-breaking book launches that you've seen today with clients such as J.J. Virgin, Perry Marshall, and many, many others. So I want to welcome Jessica to the show.
1: Hey, Dennis. Thanks for having me.
0: Yes. Thank you so much for having, being on the show. Mm-hmm. I met you a few years ago. I think it was right before Podcast Movement or at Podcast Movement. Mm-hmm. And uh, that event just went up and uh, off. Unfortunately, we couldn't make it, but it's a great event. So thank you for being here today. I truly appreciate it. Today, we are going to dive in, everybody. We're going to talk about something that's really, Jessica's very, very good at, and she's built basically a seven-figure business around, which is helping people become guests on podcast to leverage in their ability to get more clients, right? To get more customers and clients. So. We're going to talk about that. We're going to dig into that in a bit. But before we do that, I want Jessica to kind of fill in the blanks a little bit, take a minute or two and just tell us a quick backstory about, you know, about interview connections and kind of how you got here. And then we'll jump into it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, thank you again for having me. And it's been quite an evolution over the last five plus years that I started the business. I started the business in two, uh, 2013. I was a virtual assistant and my dad was actually my first client. His name is Jim Palmer. And when I had my first child, I wanted to be at home with my son. And my dad said, well, why don't you start a business? You could be a virtual assistant. It's great because you could set your own hours and, and really just be your own boss. And so I did that not really knowing anything about entrepreneurship. I came out of working for a nonprofit for six years. So all I really knew was nonprofit community organizing. And But I had this path to be at home with my son. So I did that and just really dove in, learned a lot about business and marketing. My dad had me help him with a variety of things in his business as a virtual assistant. And one of the things that I started doing was booking him for interviews on podcasts as a guest. And I also was helping him find guests for his podcast, which is called Dream Business Radio. And over the first few months that I was doing that, I took on some other clients, was booking them on podcasts. and you know, podcasts were really starting to get popular for entrepreneurs and business owners. And people started asking me what my role was. And they were like, Oh, you're connecting people for interviews. You know, what do you do? I was interviewed for the first time on a podcast six months into starting my business. I was on this internet radio show. And he actually interviewed me about Pinterest marketing, which was another thing I was doing as a virtual assistant that I have not done in many, many years. But you, you try a lot when you start a business. So I started and, and I grew pretty quickly. I really was a student of business and marketing, joined my dad's mastermind and coaching group and created interviewconnections.com so I could leave the general VA brand and really niche down as a booking agency. Of course, I didn't start using the term booking agency for several years, but I created interviewconnections.com. As I grew the business first, it was all virtual, I was hiring other virtual assistants to help me book the interviews. So I had a team of virtual guest bookers, they were all contract labor. And it wasn't until 2017, the beginning of 2017, that I hired my first W2 employee, Margie Feldhune, who would then become my business partner and co owner. And together, she and I have built up a team of in-house booking agents. So we have an office, we've got, well, going on six full-time employees in addition to her and I, and it's been great. So there have been a lot of, you know, evolution, some big changes, like going from working at home to having a small office with just Margie to then leasing a much bigger space with all these in-house staff. So it's been an exciting few years for sure. So that's all happened just since 2014. Yes.
0: Wow. So you've had a lot happen between now and then, and your business is growing very, very quickly. So I'm excited to kind of dive into that a little bit. You said your team size was, you said you have about six people working W2 full-time employees. Okay, great. And you're rapidly approaching seven figures. Could you talk to us a little bit about maybe about that growth trajectory? I mean, it's only been a few years and you're already hitting seven figures work literally. And I think you're working from home. Are you not?
1: No, we have an office space. You do have an office. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's a small building. Conveniently, it's five minutes from my house. But (laughs) that's perfect. um, Yeah, yeah. So we do have an office now. But I I work from home for the first two or three years. And yeah, so the growth has been incredible. In 2017, the first year that we were hiring employees, I mean, we had to, uh, the expression is we had to kiss a lot of frogs, you know, so we had to hire and fire quite a few people to figure out who was the kind of person that we needed. Because you, you go in thinking you need one kind of person, you realize they don't really thrive at the job. Like first, we were really advertising it as like, you're going to be an agent. We actually, it was interesting, because we had some people come in really excited to be an agent. And then when they realized the job was sitting at a computer for eight hours, they were like, Oh, I kind of thought I was going to be out like in the community. And like, you know, like a real estate agent is like always out. And we're like, cool. So that's not what the job is. So we really learned a lot about hiring and identifying the right kind of person for this job. So that was a huge growth year. And because so much of our focus was on growing the team and creating systems for in-house employees, which is very different from having contract labor, contractors can set their own hours, they set their own rate, they send you a simple invoice at the first of the month, you pay it with employees, you're setting up payroll and benefits and all that stuff. There's a a lot more process to go through when you fire someone that's an employee as opposed to a contractor. So there was a lot of learning in 2017. And, you know, in 2017, our revenue was really not the number one focus. It was like making sure we were serving our clients with these that this new team. And it was not until October of 2017 that we looked at our revenue and said, we need to start setting some goals. (laughs) Like, believe it or not, we did not go into each month with a revenue goal. We like looked at the P&L from the month before and we're like, cool, this is what happened last month. And then a month later, we'd say, cool, this is... What... It was all just looking back, but there was no planning about how much revenue we wanted to bring in and what our profit margin would be. So there were many months in 20- 2017 that we were in the red, losing money. Like, you know, it was, kind of, it was kind of a mess in a lot of ways. You know, luckily it didn't really share from the outside, but it was crazy. <laughs> Yeah, so pivoting (laughs)
0: pivoting over from that that contractor model to the W-2 model, there was definitely some pains, some growing pains. You learned a lot. And that's Mm -hmm. one of the things, one of the reasons why having someone like you on the interview like this is so valuable because I think my audience gets to learn in advance, right? Because there's a lot of people out there these days that are attracted to the VA and the outsource model. Even myself, I've got multiple VAs that I work with. And, Mm -hmm. you know, now that I work from home, I've kind of resisted the whole Mm W-2, but you've obviously seen significant benefits to making that shift in your model, because obviously now you've zeroed in on the right people in the right seats and you're, you're thriving and growing because you're, you know, you're, you're looking at a million dollar run rate for your business. So kudos to you for, for being able to survive that, that switch, because that's not an easy one, I would imagine.
1: Yeah, thank you. And it, you know, it's it's worth pointing out too that every business is very different. Every entrepreneur is different. You know, I was just listening to your episode with Nate Hirsch of Free Up, and his whole model is you know virtual assistants and contractors. It's just him and his business partner. Everyone else is a contractor, so that really works for a lot of people. I'm an extrovert, I actually. In addition to seeing the legal aspects of like needing to have employees because I needed to have a lot more control over their schedule and what they do and how they do it. That's a big reason I wanted to move towards having W-2 employees. It was also because I really wanted to have a business where I was in the same room with my team. Like I thrive off that energy. I've heard Gary Vaynerchuk talk about that. Like People have said, well, VaynerMedia, you could totally utilize contractors and stuff like that. He goes, I want to have that team. I want to walk through the office and be able to bounce ideas off each other. And so I really love having people in-house. And over time, as we perfected the systems, having employees actually has made us a lot more profitable it's actually for us it was way less expensive than having contract labor it just took a little bit of time to to create the system so everything is happening efficiently
0: yeah perfect all right great so along the way you've learned some some important lessons right just in the last few years so why don't we dive into that really quick let's dive back in here and kind of Pull back some of those difficult times that you've had throughout the mm-hmm. last few years as you've pivoted and learned and, and grown. So, what's the biggest mistake that you've made, or maybe what's the biggest lesson you've learned? Let's put it that way, because we all make yeah. mistakes. Trust me, I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm as guilty as anybody. I mean, I, you know, yeah. but what's the biggest obstacle or hurdle or challenge you've overcome in the last few years?
1: It's definitely measuring the performance of your team, that has been the biggest lesson, the biggest mistakes have all come down to having an objective, measurable, you know, result. So when we first started hiring employees, we would go months. And, you know, for some people, we just knew they were doing a good job. And for other people, we kind of like their maybe their attitude wasn't great. But like, we just didn't have metrics to know if people were performing well and it took us a long time to figure out okay we need to keep track of you know like how many hours people work how many pitches are they sending how many of those pitches are resulting in a booking or how many of their deadlines are are met are ahead are are late like we it took us quite a while we made a big mistake in not doing that sooner because there were yeah you know, there were definitely a handful of people that were probably around in the job longer than they should have been because we just didn't have any Metrics to judge their performance off of. It was all very subjective. So once we got those metrics, it became a lot easier to just, you know, sometimes you'll think like, are they doing a good job or are they not? And then we just say, let's just look at the numbers. And then it numbers data is very soothing (laughs) when you use it well (laughs) because it just shows you what's actually happening.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And it's hard to hide, right? It's hard for an employee that maybe is underperforming to hide because the numbers will, you know, over time, they'll say it all. Of course, anybody can have a bad day or a bad week because of whatever circumstances that are going on. But over the course of a three to six month period of time, the data really will tell the story. What's the input? What's the attitude? And at that point, I think you'll have a good measure as to whether they're a good fit and that they're going to be productive, not only for themselves, but for you. So that's awesome. All right. So let's shift into, you know, you have a business where a lot of your clients are authors and experts. And particularly in the author genre, what I see is that a lot of these authors will have a book launch and they'll want to go out and they'll want to get booked on a bunch of podcasts, 10, 20, 30 podcasts very quickly to create some buzz and awareness because they can do it very affordably and it gives them a good reach. But it seems to me like you're always bringing in new clients while there's a recurring component to it where you have some clients that have been with you long standing, There's probably some turnover due to these launches. So you're constantly out there getting new clients. What's the number one strategy that you've used to get new booking clients for your business?
1: So yeah, we've definitely done some analyzing of our lead generation. And the number one way we get new clients is by referral. So current clients referring people to us. The next way is definitely you know, we get Google, a lot of people finding us on Google. So our search engine optimization is really great. And now we're actually advertising on LinkedIn. But I do want to touch on this because referral, there's a lot of different things that help us get more referrals. And, defi- and also Google and search engine optimization, getting interviewed on podcasts and having a podcast for me has helped both referral marketing and our search engine optimization because of the backlinks that I get from being a guest on podcasts. That has been the number one reason I believe that our SEO is so great. And we get so many, when people are Googling podcast interviews, getting booked on podcasts, interview connections, or you know, an interview that I've done is pretty high up in those search rankings. I've never paid for SEO. It's all been for the organic marketing that I've done by being a guest or being linked to in different articles. And then just referrals, I have been referred by people who heard me on a podcast. You know, So there's one client I can think of specifically who called me up and was like, hey, I was having lunch with a friend and she heard you on a podcast and told me I should reach out. So yeah, it's referrals and Google. And uh, because it's what I do, I'd be remiss if I didn't point out that getting interviewed on podcasts and hosting my own show has helped both of those be more powerful.
0: I'm sure. And just for the audience, so you guys understand what Jessica's talking about from an SEO perspective is that because Jessica's a guest on Growth Experts, when I publish this interview, what I'm going to do is I'll put a link back to her site and what Google does is they'll index that and they take that as almost like an endorsement for Jessica's interview connection site. And so that helps to build the credibility and build their SEO value and, and how their stuff ranks online. So just so you guys under, fully understand how that works. And so any of my guests always get a link back. And when she, if she's been a guest on a hundred different shows, then now you have a hundred different links from high quality sites And then thus you get huge SEO benefits. So yeah, that's a great, that's a great strategy in and itself to help rank your organic content, your blog content and whatnot. So perfect. That's a great idea. So in the referrals, do you have like a referral program or is it really just more, you know, people that are happy with the service? I mean, what really drives those referrals? If you don't mind me asking?
1: Yeah, sure. So we actually just started doing um, referral commissions and it's, it's pretty much been like invitation only. It hasn't been like Mass advertising for an affiliate program. But just recently we started offering a referral commission to friends who will refer somebody that signs up and then we'll pay a pretty generous commission. I'll talk to you that off- I'll talk to you about that offline, Dennis. Okay. <laughs> um, sure. But yeah, and, and obviously listeners can reach out to me if they're interested in that. But yeah, so we just started doing a referral commission, but honestly, that is as of like the past couple months, up until just the past couple months, we've never paid for referrals. But really, we're at the point where we can scale now. We've got a great team. We're hiring a new booking agent every couple of months. So we want to, we've really been focusing on increasing our leads. So we thought we'll start paying for referrals if that increases the number of leads that are coming in.
0: And now that you're more focused on a monthly basis on setting mm-hmm. targets for growth, obviously you've got to fuel that growth. So it's got to come from somewhere. So I think it's a great idea.
1: Yeah. And we also look at how we're selling our services, looking at packages and and just really what the lifetime value of a client is. And I often ask people that when I'm having a call with them to see if this is a good strategy, I say, what's the lifetime value of a client? And if you convert one client, is the strategy worth it? And so for me, I look at what we pay and what kind of referral commission we pay. And if one client signs up, it gets a no brainer return on an investment. So yeah. Perfect.
0: All right. Well, listen, you're here today because you're an expert on helping people get booked on podcasts, right? You've been, you started out as a VA a few years ago. You've built this great business that's very well known throughout the industry. Almost anybody who owns a podcast already knows who Interview Connections is. And so what I would like you to do, if you wouldn't mind, take a few minutes and talk to us about how guests or guest experts, let's just call them experts in their genre, can leverage podcasts to start getting more clients? could you give us a little bit of a framework or a step by step on that? That would be very, very helpful because I know there's a lot of people in my audience that are authors and experts and coaches and consultants mm-hmm. that would love to get booked on podcasts but just aren't quite sure of how and where it's going to lead
1: absolutely yes so i'll I'll try to kind of map a, the blueprint out for you for okay, how can I use the strategy so Perfect. number one, you want to create a strategy of where are my ideal potential clients listening so first just before we even get there know who your ideal potential client is who do you want to reach and we've done that by like we will look at all of our clients and we'd say okay who are the best clients to work with what clients do we have that they're just easy they're seeing results Like we just want more of them, like the clients that you just want to clone, like you would just love more of them. So get really clear on who those clients are. For us, we love working with coaches and consultants. We have clients in other kinds of businesses that are great. I love working with coaches and consultants because when they convert at least one new client from a podcast interview, it's a huge ROI. So get clear on who your potential client is and then get a clear understanding of their interests, their pain points. What kinds of shows are they listening to? And that's going to tell you what kinds of podcasts you need to be a guest on because you're going to be speaking to them. They're going to be in the audience. So that's, that's one roadmap to getting in front of them is to think about what shows are they listening to find those shows and figure out how can I position myself as a great guest to those podcasts?
0: Hey, listen, can I interrupt? Well, how would you source yeah. those shows? How would you determine, like, for example, let's say, for example, I'm one of your clients, ideal prospects. And obviously mm-hmm. I have a podcast. But how do you know or how would you determine what shows that I listen to or that you think I listen to? What would be a good source for doing that? How would they get that data?
1: Yeah. So when you look at, I mean, really, number one, it's about getting to know your clients and looking at, you know, just getting to know them. I've actually told some clients, go ask your clients what shows they listen to. You know, if they've got a community or a Facebook community, just that can be number one. If you're Reaching out, and asking, but also looking at like what kind of business are they in and what kinds of you know, what are their needs and what are their pain points? You know, a lot of our clients will know that, oh, well, most of my clients are, they're married, and they're married to other entrepreneurs. And they're always looking at ways to generate more leads, or they're always looking at ways to sell their book because they're an author. So, you know, you should have a general idea about who your clients are and what their interests are. And if you don't know, honestly, just pick up the phone and start having conversations. And that's another thing that I've done over the past few months is I've, I've just been having check in calls with my clients and just asking them like, what shows are you listening to? And what conferences are you attending? And where do you think I should go? Or where do you think we should be visible to be in front of more people like you? Perfect. And so yeah,
0: no, that really helps. I just wanted to fill in the blanks there, because sometimes when you start talking to people about identifying their, you know, their avatar, you know, they look at you like you have a big green eyeball sticking out of the middle of your forehead, because they're like, what do you mean? How am I supposed to read their minds? Well, the way you read their minds is ask them questions. So I think that's the glaringly obvious answer, but sometimes the obvious is not so obvious. So continue Mm -hmm. on.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So going on podcasts where they're listening and you can find podcasts. Once you know who they are, you can actually start searching and a lot of podcasts will identify who their target audience is, you know, in the description of the show. So, you know, just looking at the growth experts podcast, you know, in your show description, you're, you know, you'll hear from top, you know, top CEOs, entrepreneurs, and marketers, like you're very clear on who your target audience is. So just from listening to the podcast, reading their description, you can get a sense of who that podcast is for. And then the other thing, and sometimes it's the same, but looking for podcasts that are hosted by people who are your ideal potential client. So I mentioned that I love working with coaches and consultants. So I'll look at podcasts that are hosted by coaches and consultants, because if I can have a great podcast interview with them, there's a nice chance that they might walk away from that saying Like, you know, this was a great interview. You really know what you're talking about. I think, I think I want to work with you. I think I want to learn more about being a guest. So you can really use it as a way to strategically network and build relationships with Potential clients. And not like in a slimy way, just go give value, meet them, build a relationship, and just one by one get on these individuals' radars, promote the episode, you know, connect with them on social media, like do whatever you can to just stay on their radar. And really, building a business and getting new clients is just about one by one getting more people to know who you are and understand the value that you have to offer through your business. So, really getting new clients through podcast interviews, is all comes down to relationship building and networking. And when you do click with someone, it's not going to happen on every single podcast. But the clients I have who get clients from being a guest on podcast, it's because they go on this show, they've got a, they really hit it off with the host, like you've done those interviews where you're like, it's like your new best friend is the person who interviewed you or who you interviewed. And just strike while the iron is hot. Like if there's an opportunity for you to work with that person, you know, bring that up. My dad is great at this. He does a live event called dream business academy. And when he is interviewed on a show by a host who he knows he can help if they go to his live event, he invites them, he follows up with them and says, I'd love for you to come. So a lot of times it just comes down to asking for the sale and inviting them to take part in what you offer.
0: Yeah, I think that being a, a guest on a podcast is a great value exchange and a way to start a relationship because of course, you know, you're both providing value on both sides of the coin and it's just a great starting point. But what I find a lot of times and what I've heard and had conversations with a lot of guests and, you know, even being on podcasts is that the challenge is, is that unlike what your father does in following up, most people don't, right? And the fortunes yeah. in the follow-up, right? I mean
1: oh, totally. You
0: know, you and I have had a relationship for the last couple of years. We've met and we've, you know, we had, we don't talk every day, we don't talk every week, but mm-hmm. we we continue to see each other over the, la- the the last couple of years and now you're on my podcast and so I'm sure mm-hmm. that in the future we'll, you know, if I have those types of needs, I'll reach out and yeah. have a conversation with you because, you know, you're top of mind and because we already have that existing relationship. I'm not going to go to Google and say, "Hey, who's the best?" because I already have relationships there. So
1: Yes. I would love to just piggyback on top of that and remind everyone that buyers buy when they are ready to buy. You know, one of my biggest clients right now who invested in my, you know, biggest package or $10,000 package of bookings. I looked at my, he's like, when we had that sales call and I noticed that he'd been on my email list for like two years. And I said, you know, John, what, like, what changed? You know, you've been following me for a while. You've been listening to my podcast. He goes, it just wasn't until now that I was ready. (laughs) like. That's just it. And so you really have to have patience for the strategy to work. So a lot of times it's not that you're going to be a guest on a podcast with your ideal potential client, with all your ideal potential clients listening, and suddenly you're going to get business, but you really have to stick to this strategy for years. Like I've been going on podcasts for years, doing my marketing, and I've got people that will become a client and they've been following me for a couple of years now. And it just, the timing wasn't right until now. So you really just have to have that patience and Um, You just have to stick with it.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. All right. Well, listen, that's perfect. So you gave us a little bit of a framework on how these guys can get on podcasts and start leveraging that to get new clients. So we're going to do a little bit of rapid fire here on the last few questions. If you could start all over again, right? If you could go back to day one Mm -hmm. and you could do it all over, right? We we had a a redo, right? We could start from Mm -hmm. 2014. What's the one thing that you would do to go
1: further, faster?
0: If you could change one thing, what would it be to go further faster?
1: Wow. That is a (laughs) great question. I would probably start hiring an in-house staff a lot earlier in my journey than when I did.
0: So you would kind of take control and bring them in-house, create that culture, create that synergy, create that buzz, create Mm -hmm. that energy, and it would have probably propelled you that much faster. Perfect. Yeah. I would
1: would just yeah invest upfront in the team. Yep.
0: I think that's a great point.
1: All right. And what would be today, what's your favorite growth
0: tool or software that you're using today to help grow interview connections?
1: Right now, we are investing in LinkedIn ads. And we just started that campaign two, two and a half weeks ago. And the quality of the leads have been amazing. So that is really my favorite thing right now.
0: Perfect. LinkedIn ads. Awesome. I just had, if anybody's curious about LinkedIn ads, I had AJ Wilcox on as a guest not long ago, and he's a LinkedIn ads expert. Just, That's
1: who we're using. Yeah.
0: So yeah, <laughs> AJ's awesome. He's amazing. Yes. He's definitely, he manages, he's managed over a hundred million dollars in LinkedIn advertising. So trust me, he knows what he's doing. All right. So, and in closing out, what would be the la- what would be a book that you've read maybe recently that you would recommend to the audience to help them grow their business?
1: The first book that comes to mind that really has really helped me is Built to Sell by John Wareloh. And it's a great book. He it's a I think parable is the right way to describe it because it's sort of like you're reading a story of this advertising agency owner and just how to build the team and the processes so the business is running well without you. And you're building it so if somebody wanted to buy your business, you could easily hand it off to them. And it's not like all reliant on you. And that has been really helpful. Like I always think, okay, if we had a hundred more clients, if we, you know, if we double the size, like would this system, would this process work? So that's a great, great book to get you, get you thinking a little bit differently about your business. Perfect. Built
0: the cell. I'll put that in the show notes. Well, listen, Jessica, I really appreciate you being on the show. Let everybody know how they can connect with you, learn more about Interview Connections, and then we'll close it out for today.
1: Sure. You can connect with me. I'm on LinkedIn. As I said, just search Jessica Rhodes, and you can find links to all of our other social media channels at interviewconnections.com.
0: Perfect. Hey, listen, thank you so much for being here today. And I'm sure we'll be chatting again soon. Thanks, Dennis. Thanks. Listeners, I want to thank you for tuning in. I truly appreciate your time. If you're enjoying the podcast, then do me a huge favor. Click the subscribe button now and please leave me a review. It would mean a lot to me.